after three bad weeks, Sunday no huddles we didn't really want to do. There's some good one, good things to talk about now. After Illini beat Northwestern 41-3, he's Robert Rosendahl from IlliniBoard.com. Joining me in studio and Robert had to be almost a cathartic release after a tough three weeks to begin November. Definitely, definitely. You know, we talked about it after, you know, the, after the first loss of like, you know, all this could start to slip now after you lose to Michigan State. And it felt like that. And then to get it back, you know, there was really some concern about you give your all against Michigan, who is going to win the Big Ten and beat Ohio State yesterday. You give your all against Michigan and you come up just short. And that's the kind of game you come out the next game completely flat and no life and, you know, mistakes cost you and everything else. So I think it was a really good thing to go out, play angry, take care of your rival on rivalry weekend, you know, win big for the second year in a row to keep the trophy in Champaign. Uh, it was a good way to cap the season. Yeah, and Chase Brown didn't really have his normal game, was able to find the end zone. Uh, Played a little bit hurt in this one. Reggie Love made a good appearance and had a really good game. Really his first shot this year to um, play some meaningful minutes in the defense as they have all year coming up big again. Forcing six turnovers against the Wildcats. Sydney Brown scores two of those. One an interception. Second one, or excuse me, the first one was a fumble recovery. Then mm -hmm. it was the interception return mm -hmm. for six. But Robert, I mean, it, they just always stepped up this year, and it really felt like the defense that we had seen earlier in the season. Definitely. And you were hoping for that against the, you know, inferior opponent, a team that finished the season 1-11, and really, if not for some Nebraska mistakes in Ireland, should have finished 0-12. Um, but, like, I was at the game, a friend of mine sitting in front of me asked me a question just before the game started of, like, do we have any defensive scores this year? And I thought, and I think... I didn't research this later. I believe the only defensive score was a special team score. Where Matt Bailey recovered the fumble in the end zone. I don't believe there was a defensive touchdown until this. And so once the game started, you kind of had that feeling of like, oh, yeah, this could be that kind of game. Illinois, this defense has been lacking that one thing, the pick six, the fumble recovered. Um, so as it started to happen and the six turnovers and the, and the you know, the, the five interceptions, uh, it just felt like, this defense was due for that kind of game where they, they show really all that they can do. And they finally get to that eight win mark after three games previously of trying to get to that mark. They end eight and four, the best record since 2007, the year they went to the Rose Bowl. Robert, we talked about it in past Sunday No Huddles. That eight win mark has been your threshold, yes. and they finally get there. Yes, and that's all I could think about after the game, all I could write about. I, I drew this stupid line <laughs> and said, why can't Illinois fans have a – a sweet 16 season or an eight win football season. And I drew that line a dozen years ago and Illinois had not crossed the line. And you know, those basketball losses in the round of 32 the last two years really hurt because in my mind, because I've been writing this article year after year, I just wanted that line crossed. So to get to that eight win football season, as I called it when I first wrote about it, it's a hang your hat on it season. It's a, you get to eight wins in the regular season either nine if you win the bowl game or eight if you lose the bowl game. Getting to that eight-win plateau is really a big thing. You can recruit so well from that level. Um, you're going to be flirting with the top 25. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be making a lot of noise in college football if you win eight games. And to do that for the first time in 15 years is really huge for this program. In the macro, what does it mean to do this 
in the second year of Brett Bielema. He mentioned in his post-game press conference the coming up one game short last year of being bowl eligible. This year it's one game short of making it to that Big Ten championship game. But this type of progress is something that Illinois fans have not seen in a long time. Yeah, I mean, the first thing my brain goes to is nine Big Ten wins. You know, Brett Bielma's nine and nine in the Big Ten in his first two years. I mean, I'm going to try and do this from memory here. Mm -hmm. Lovey's first two years, he won zero and two. So he won two Big Ten games, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, Tim Beckman's first two years, he went zero and two. So, no, you only run one in 2013. So, you know, your last two coaches won two and one Big Ten game in their first two years, and this coach wins nine? That's, that's not just better. That is exponentially better. Yeah, and we'll see where they go from here. Like I said, coming up one game short to Purdue, you still have those questions of what this season could have been if one of those Michigan State-Purdue games goes differently. Illinois, in their four losses, combined lost those games by 20 points. Each yeah. one was a one-score game. So, really, it came down to a few plays between them and then playing against Michigan, getting that rematch in Indianapolis. And it reminds me of the 1994 season. 1994 had that great defense with Simeon Rice, uh, Kevin Hardy, Dana Howard. That was his senior year. That's the year he won the Butkus Award. Um, that was a really good team. And that team, I believe, it, they finished 6-5 and five in the regular season then won the bowl game to finish 7-5. Uh, and five. But... You know, those five losses in the regular season was, I believe, by 22 points. So it was a team that probably should have been eight or nine wins and only won six games in the in the regular season because, you know, came up just short. Came up just short. That's why this win, to get to eight wins, um, to, to put an eight and four season together, to not let it all slip away, um, I think it was just really important. Because if, if this – if there were some crazy things that happened yesterday and Illinois loses by one, we'd be standing here talking about five losses by 21 points. That's that same kind of season. Uh, so to put this stamp on it, to get into a decent bowl game, is really, really big for the program. Yeah, and eight and four is feels a lot different than a seven and five season would feel. Absolutely. And so it's it, it definitely a big game coming at the end there. Uh, Brett Bielema is not just – that new hot name on the block. He's not alone anymore with Wisconsin going out and hiring Luke Fickle, Nebraska going to Matt Rule. We'll get your reaction to those guys in a second. But let's start first with what Brett Bielema you think has to do this coming off season, next season, and beyond to keep this momentum rolling and keep Illinois in a good spot. I think the first thing is a, a smart play of the transfer portal this offseason. I mean, we don't know some of the NFL decisions that are going to come down from some of these players. We expect Chase Brown will not use his last year of eligibility. We're, we expect you know, Devin Witherspoon will not use his final year. Um, it, it feels like once those guys go and once some of these seniors graduate, you lose Sidney Brown, you lose Quan Martin, you lose a lot of that secondary that has dominated this season. Um, you know, the, the guys behind them, look, we saw somebody enter the transfer portal today. We, we know that, you know, it's going to go to a, maybe a sophomore or a freshman next year. So they might need some maybe immediate assistance from a, a safety or a corner in the portal uh, that could kind of bridge the gap until those young guys are ready. So, you know, we've seen good things from Matt Bailey this season. We saw thing, good things with Xavier Scott. Those are the guys who are probably the future in that secondary. It's just, will they be ready in that second year, or is it time to maybe make some transfer portal plays to, to you know, bridge the gap to that? All right, like I said, Fickle and Rule, 
join the West Division for this coming year. We don't know how many years left the West Division has. We think one with USC and UCLA joining the conference in 2024. But I ask you just this right off the bat, who's the best coach in the Big Ten West now? Oh, my gosh. I mean, <laughs> that, is a, that is a good question. I mean, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, I would think Brett Bielma should be the Big Ten coach of the year yeah. to take a team that was supposed to win four games and win eight. Um, you know, yes, Jim Harbaugh went 12 and 0, but they were supposed to go 10 and 2. Um, so, you know, it's it's hard to say when a coach comes into a place that has 22 losing seasons in 27 years and goes 5 and 7 and then 8 and 4 and wins nine conference games in those two years. It's hard not to say coach and staff-wise that, that he's on top right now. Because, look, Jeff Brom has done a great job, although it took him five, six years at Purdue to really get to where they want to be. Um, you know, P.J. Fleck has, has done his normal thing, and he had his, his eight and four season. But those are places that had had a little more success than Illinois. We're talking a, a program, let's say it again, 22 losing seasons in 27 years. To take that and get to eight and four in year two is pretty amazing. Yeah, if I had to do power ranking style, mm -hmm. I think I might put Fickle number one just based on what he's been able to do at Cincinnati. We'll see if it translates to Wisconsin. And then mm -hmm. Bielema would be right there as well for every reason that you just said, being yes. able to, to put the program up like that, prop it up. The reason I hesitate on Fickle is sure. just what happened the interim year at Ohio State. Yeah. They were good the year before, they were good the year after, but under the pressure of the lights of Ohio State, he went 6-6 six and six, uh, in the one year after. You know, obviously there was scandal and the coach had been fired and he was trying to bridge that same kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, I mean, what to, to go, again, 8-4 and four at Illinois mm -hmm. is like 12-0 and 0 somewhere <laughs> else at Wisconsin. It's, it's just beyond what you would think. 8-4 and four and nearly beat the number two team in the country. Well, sticking on that topic with Fickle, that also means Jim Leonard out of there as well after being the interim there. We'll see if maybe he stays on with Fickle. He still has to make those decisions as it, you know, the actual news came out today on Sunday. But with more of these jobs opening up, Defensive coordinator Ryan Walters, I'm sure, is going to be in, in a lot of discussion for some of those head coaching jobs this offseason. Maybe we could see a connection between Leonard and Bielema. Yeah, I, I mean, I look at those kinds of things, especially, you know, say the, the Ryan Walters thing. I look at it seven years down the road. Mm -hmm. let's, let's flash forward seven years. I believe Ryan Walters will be a head coach. I believe... Kevin Kane will be a head coach by that point. Um, there are several guys, you know, Andy Boo has done a great job and could possibly move up to a coordinator role. You know, there, George McDonald is going to be a head coach somewhere, you know, within the next 10 years. So this is the kind of staff I think you'll look back on and say, oh, wow, remember when Illinois had this yeah. guy and this guy? It's like having Brad Childress and all that whole staff in the 80s. Oh, those guys all went on to NFL success later or college success later. I think this is that kind of staff. So in a sense, yes, as the fan, there's this panic of like, oh, great staff got to hold on to everyone. I think Brett Bielma looks at it a little more like, I mean, I'm thinking of the Brad Underwood quote when all three assistants left. And he had a great quote in that next press conference saying, 
I'm just going to go do it again. That means I hired three great assistants. I'm going to hire three more great assistants. You know, that's how BLMO approaches this is if these guys are moving on to bigger and better jobs, I will find other guys just like them and you'll like those guys just as much. It's a very confident approach to it. And I think that's, that's the, the, the correct way. You don't want assistance that nobody else wants. You don't want when the coaching staff is fired here, you look at where's the Illinois staff the next year and no one has picked those guys up. You want them completely in demand like they are right now. All right, let's get to some maybe projections heading into the offseason. Sticking on this topic, we'll stick with Ryan Walters. Do you think that he will get a head coaching job somewhere? I don't know if at his age he's ready right now. Uh, I believe we talked about a few weeks ago, a friend of mine made the statement that he believes Ryan Walters is the next Colorado coach, not this coming Colorado coach, that whoever will be hired, I mean, may even bring Walters on at some point, and then he moves up to head coach. It seems like he's destined for that kind of job, given his background and his dad played there, he played there, everything else. But um, <coughs> he might not just be ready for that yet. Um, I'm hopeful that um, Brett Bielmo could can hang on to him um, for at least one more season. Feels like maybe he needs that Mac job or that Sunbelt job first to, to prove he, he has, you know, look at Cincinnati, you know, like something like that where Luke Fickle went and proved that he could be the coach before moving up to a Wisconsin. It feels like that would be the, the next move for him. I don't know how soon that is. So uh, for right now, I think both coordinators could return next season. All right, and now let's go to the maybe closer future, which is the bowl game coming up. Illinois gets to play in one for the first time since 2019. I talked about it in our show today. I mean, a lot of people think the ReliQuest Bowl in Tampa. I've seen a Music City Bowl. Where do you think that they'll play? I wouldn't rule out uh, the Citrus Bowl. Mm -hmm. there, there have been situations in the past few years where a team like a Purdue will make the conference championship game and they will lose the conference championship game and then find that that fifth loss or whatever, they turn around to the bowl carousel and it dropped them a few rungs on the ladder. You know, not saying that will happen. It's just has happened a fair bit in the past where the fan base afterwards, like, did we really want to make that chance? Because it kind of cost us a better bowl game, you know, because it kind of everybody got their dance partners together while we were still playing one more game. And then by the time we came out of that, where's our spot? So. Um, I do think, and maybe this is just the Illinois fan in me, I do think it'd be one of the two Florida Bowls, either Citrus or what used to be the Outback Bowl, now the Relia Quest Bowl. I'm sure fans would like that as well. So, some nice weather for, Warmth for would a be bowl good, game. yes. But then if it's not one of those, I mean, the next one on the list, which would probably go to Illinois if somebody else gets those two slots, uh, is the Duke's Mayo Bowl. So yeah. maybe we'll go see Brett Bielma dunked in a jar of mail. I don't know who wouldn't want to see that. Yes. Last projection now, maybe a little bit far out into the future, is Illinois' 2023 starting quarterback on the roster right now? Um, I would say no because of the success they had finding their system guy in Tommy DeVito and because, um, you know, because Art Sikowski walked on senior day uh, and, you know, Still has a year of eligibility, but we don't know if he would return since he went through senior day uh, activities. And, you know, you look down the roster and you just have, you know, next year you would have a freshman, Kyle Swanson, and a redshirt freshman, Devin Leary. I think they'll definitely look to the portal for a quarterback again. Robert, it's been a fun season. The, the, there's really high ups, some low downs as well, but the Sunday no huddle, I think, 
This has probably been the most successful season of it so far. I have been doing this. this is the 10th year I've been standing here doing this, and by far of those 10 years, this is the this is the most successful season. All right, well, we thank everyone for watching and listening as well. I think we should do maybe one or two more. We'll see what we have left this year when the bowl comes out. Look, I would do this in, in March if you want to talk about, <laughs> you know, you want to talk about previews for spring ball, I'd do it, so. Well, we appreciate it, Robert. Thanks so much, everyone, for watching and listening. He's Robert Rosenthal, IlliniBoard.com. Robert, we'll just say we'll see you soon. Yes, hopefully some more warm. Exactly.